Jeans guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is October 23rd. The Rollings Gold Glove finalists have been announced. And your third baseman, Key Brian Hayes, is one of them. My name is Josh, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey, man. How we doing? Going good. This postseason is nuts. Yeah, it is. The Phillies are nuts. crazy. Dude, Bryce Harper is on another level. This is why we need to get Mike Trout in the playoffs. Seriously, yeah. Right? It, the, the, this is the first time that Bryce Harper's made it past the first round. Yeah, and this kind of shows why he is worth the money. Absolutely. And there's hey, a lot of people I, saying he's like not, right? You know what I would like to know? All those people that when, when I went to PNC Park when the Phillies were in town and all the Phillies fans behind me were chanting overrated while he was hitting wonder what they have to say. They got their foot is stuck in their mouth right now. <laughs> because this is this is the kind of stuff that a player like him is capable of doing. Yeah. And it's like that with all like he's been around the center of this because the people who love him love him. Right. And the people who hate him hate him. Overrated, yeah. worst overrated. I saw a tweet that said that somebody retweeted <laughs> which is really good that just says he is the most overrated player of our generation. And then they went on to say not worth what do you get? 300 million, Something not like even worth 10 years. <laughs> and so like that somebody replied to that. It didn't age well. <laughs> like <laughs> here we are. The thing is about money is I don't care what you think. Your your baseball reference page does not say how much you're worth when it comes to an actual dollar amount. Right. I mean, there's there's part of it there, right? But the part of it is that Bryce Harper brings fans to the stadium. 100%. Therefore, they're making money off of you. And that's the whole thing about the baseball players and how much money they're making is if the industry makes more money, then the players should be getting their share of that. Yeah, and as much as baseball players make individuals, the market share is not. I'm pretty sure that the players make more of the percentage of revenue in the NFL than they do in the MLB. If you under, you know what I mean, like if you yeah. just look at yeah. revenue coming in and what percentage goes to what, mm-hmm. that's why that's why everybody who says, "Hey, put a salary cap in," this is why because then you get right. your cut of the revenue, and if and if revenue goes up player like the, then salary cap goes up if revenue goes down the, the player's salary goes down you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so that's the whole point of that but the idea is that you know, obviously there's no salary cap in baseball but there is still like shares and you know when you look at the percentage of the of the value and blah 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 point is bryce harper brings people to the stadium people buy bryce harper stuff Mm-hmm. He's making them regardless of if he's an awful player, if people came just to see this terrible player, he's still worth money yeah. because he's still making you money. Right. And now he's making you money by sending you to the World Series with an MVP. I do say I do want I was pulling hard for the for the Padres in that series. Yeah. I got a buddy who works in the video production for the Padres. So I mean they win the World Series, he probably gets a ring for that. Yeah. It goes all the way through the organization. Yeah. Was there anybody in that series this year that's that's getting a like that's going to the World Series either way? Have there ever been has there ever been like a guy got who got a ring and lost in the World Series? We're gonna look that up for next week to see if there's anybody, whether it's I mean it's probably gonna be Houston. So let's say if there's anybody that played if if it's Houston, if there's yeah. anybody who played for Houston and Philadelphia this year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would be crazy. 
You know, it'd be even better if they played for both, but they don't play for either. And they're just sitting back. I'm getting a ring, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who wins. I'm getting a ring. <laughs> He's already emailed the guys from both teams. Like, here's my ring size. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I wonder if that I'm going to look that up this week and see if there's anybody lean back in their recliner with a big smile on their face saying, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> no pressure on me. No bud. pressure on me. No, but I mean, like, oh my gosh, it's been a lot of, so I have a buddy, close friend who's a Phillies fan, grew up right outside of Philly. So he's, I mean, he's just texting me all the time and, uh, you know, he's beyond jacked right now, you know, and like yeah. a true Philly fan, he's had a hard time enjoying it. And like I talked to him this morning and he's like, yeah, I'm just waiting for today because I really think they should win today because if they don't, I'm pretty sure they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, man, you're so Philly, man. <laughs> like you just can't enjoy anything without thinking they're going to blow it. And the Yankees, um, what was it? They uh, Yankee ticket sales for game four went from 200 and some dollars to 20 bucks. Today, for this game that's that's going on right now as we're recording, it's a 4-4 tie in the fifth. But, like, they went down to $20 because they couldn't okay. sell out. Because they're like, they're done. I'm not going to watch mm -hmm. this bum team lose. And I'm thinking, like, American League Championship Series? No, not in New York. World Series or that was a bad year. Yep. Which, like, when does that die down? You haven't won it right. a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Not a long time. What is it? 2009? 2009? Does that sound right? We both guessed the same one, which I'm guessing that means that they've done a really good job of telling us the last time the Yankees won the World <laughs> Series. 2009 was the last time. Like, of course we know that because the media cares about the New York Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. So that's fitting that that's what we know. But it's probably going to be Houston. 3-0 game lead. It's tied right now. I mean, but after this game, it goes, well, no, there's one more game in New York, right? No, this is, mm -hmm. there's one more game this in New York. They're already can't sell out for game four and there's going to be a game five there. I don't see, I mean, it, it's happened. What, once? I don't know. But the point is, is this happens. The Red Sox did it to the Yankees. Shohei's happening right now, and that's never happened. So it can happen. <laughs> hey, it can happen. So the thing is, I just don't think that this Yankees team is the team that's going to do it. No. They're just not impressing me. Yeah. And, you know, the most painful thing about this is that, like, Houston didn't impress me against the Mariners. They barely won games against the Mariners. And I thought the Mariners were good. They could have been there. They were in yeah. all three games. Or, yeah, all mm -hmm. three games. because They were swept in three. They were in all three. They could have went either way. And these games have been very similar. Uh, what was the second game was, you know what, I actually have these. We plan on talking about this last, but we're talking about right now. Five nothing in the game last night. So that was like the, that was the one game that like Houston actually blew a team away, if you want to call it that. Everything right. else has been one or two runs, and really it's been like that game could have went either way. Yeah, but I just – I can't get over how the entire Houston Astros team is clutch. Everyone on the team. Every single person on the team is clutch. It's like, oh, I'll pitch around Alvarez. No, I'm sorry. Except for Altuve. <laughs> yeah. Has he, well, got, he got a hit off yet? The schneid, yeah, he, he got did. off the schneid yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh, for what was it, 26, yeah. 25, something Just like that? Just imagine, imagine not losing a game and Altuve doesn't have a hit. Yeah. When you Worst look at it, of his career. When you look at it that way, it's very easy to say, yeah, they're winning the World Series. <laughs> like, how can you beat a team whose best player hasn't got a hit yet? Because yeah. when he clicks, it's just a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? Uh, Schwarber was the same way in their first series, like nothing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, he's fine. Cause like the first series was won by Bryce Harper. And yeah. now it looks like the second one was too, but Schwarber also contributed and Reese Schwarber Hoskins went off. 488 feet. Yeah. 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. But like the same sort of thing goes when you say that, like I was saying the same thing about the Yankees. I was like, yeah, they, they squeezed by Cleveland. But imagine if, if judge started hitting, mm-hmm. they could have made right. a, you know what I mean? And it's the same sort of thing with Altuve and um, I was trying to think uh, Soto, which he started to go off, which is what's made that, which made that series, dude, it was a three to one Philly win. Like, mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, f- a four to one Philly win. And yet it was the most entertaining postseason baseball as far as back Game and forth four was unreal. That was on un- unbelievable. And it was like, oh, San Diego's really got this. Oh, wait, no. But like, even all of those games have been the game one that went to Philly. It was two nothing. It was a pitcher's duel. It was crazy. Game two was nuts. Uh, game three could have went either way. But then like Philly just found a way. I mean, well, Hoskins and Harper, man, mm-hmm. just unreal. And it's. Well, I guess the, re- the I guess the way. Hitting. Yeah, but I guess the way like the reason I'm saying this is because. It's a four to game. It's a four games to one victory for the Phillies, but yet San Diego was in it. Mm-hmm. There's like it's not like they got blasted. No, not at all. And I just feel like the other series, the Houston New York series, has been like, yeah, neither team's really impressing me, other than pitching. But like when you think, of, I mean, you can't win without scoring. So let's talk about scoring. Let's talk about offense. Neither team is like. It's just been like, oh, Bregman had that three-run homer. That's all they did. <laughs> yeah. Bregman had a three-run homer, and they won. It, otherwise, it would have went to you. It would have went to New York, and it's like, okay, that was in like the first inning, wasn't it? The, 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 that's <laughs> all they did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like they scored three runs in the first inning, and that's it. I, yeah, I don't remember that exactly. It could have been, but still, the point is, is like that. That's all they needed. It's just been. It just hasn't been as impressive as what we're seeing. The epic moments and stuff in the other series have just been been unreal. It's like, oh, the Padres just took a two-run lead. That's nuts. And then it was like, oh, well, it's gone. Oh, and they scored four. (laughs) Now the Phillies have a two-run lead. Like, Phillies are a team that was built for something like this. And we talked about this before. The best team in baseball does not win the World Series. The hottest team does. And the more I watch this, and I'm going to bring this a little bit more to relevance here, uh, to our to our pirate audience here. The more I watch these games and look at the amount of strikeouts and the amount of home runs that are making differences, the more I'm like, you know what, uh, O'Neill Cruz is fine. <laughs> All oh, of yeah. these guys. When you get to this point in the season, the pitching is so good. That it just does. It's a different team. A team that's built to win in the postseason is a team like Philadelphia, not a team like the Dodgers. Right. Dodgers are still built for it. They were just a little bit hurt at the time, and I think the 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 days off really hurt them. Right. Uh, in the American League, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like that. But um, maybe just because the teams that the teams that didn't get the buy in the national league were the Cardinals and the, well, the, I mean, the Cardinals really was the division winner that -hmm. didn't get the buy versus the guardians. And those teams aren't really, those teams are built a little bit different than these other teams. Yeah. And then, you know, the Braves and the, and the Dodgers who are just like, they're all the way through and they're just, they're well-rounded, they're pitching, they're hitting they're And it just felt like, when they took a break, it hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Where Houston has been fine, but I think it speaks more to like the Guardians, the Mariners, the Blue Jays. Actually, were a team that that could have been that could have played this type of baseball. Yeah, yep, I agree with that. But like the Mariners, just dev- they they're not really that team either, and the Guardians are not that type of team that wins these types of games. Apparently I thought, I thought they had a run in them, mm-hmm. but when it takes you 15 hits to score six runs, but you're just not going to win in the postseason that way. Not this year. 
And maybe that changes right. next year. Maybe this shift stuff is going to be huge. I think it will be. I, it's going to make a big impact on the game, I think. And it mm -hmm. might take us three years to understand that impact. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. We, we're actually going to talk about something later where there are some numbers that might back this up. Uh, but without spoiling anything, do you, uh, let me see how much do we want to get into here? Because we just spent a lot of time talking about the postseason, which was supposed <laughs> to be our last topic on the day. We're already bonkers on this thing. Uh, Pirates did some some moves. Yeah, yeah. Claiming uh, some some waiver claims. Did did we think that this offseason was going to be different? Than their whole rest of the regular season. Did we think that the Pirates were going to avoid waiver claims? Guys, we can still do other things and be claiming people on waivers. Uh, Jose Godoy designated for assignment. Ali Sanchez or Ali Sanchez uh, claimed from Detroit, a catcher. So there's your catcher swap. And they did have a, a spot on the 40-man available. For that spot, Bo Solcer's back. Claimed. I like that uh, move, actually. I, I just unplugged my headphones again, so I know you can hear me, but I can't. Anyway, uh, Bo Solcer was claimed by the Orioles from us earlier this season. Mm -hmm. We just got him back. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think, there's, I think there's a little bit there. I think, I think yeah. Could, I think it could help us eventually. Anything that's really different, however, he is part of that. I don't really know. I feel like when we when we let him go, it was in favor of Tyler Beatty. And we were like, when it happened, I believe. And if anybody wants to spend the time to go back on the archives, but I didn't feel like doing it. But I'm pretty sure we were like, I think I'd rather have Solzer right now. Solzer? <laughs> Solzer? I don't know what I'm yeah. saying here. Anyway. I'm still there. I'd rather have him. So we have him now. And Tyler Beatty's not here anymore. And so I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. We got it in the end. We we got what we thought was okay. So there's really nothing else to say about those. I mean, the catcher thing, it's going to happen because the catching position was really crazy. And that's putting it nicely. Yeah. So it's going to happen. We're And he may not even make it to spring training still on the team, depending on what happens along the way. If there's another trade or free agent situation or whatever, we don't know. So it is what it is, but get used to it. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the, into the, the big deal here. Uh, key Brian Hayes named the gold glove finalist. And I think if you would have asked me in May, if that was going to happen, I would say probably not this year. And then when he got hurt, it was probably, yeah, probably not this year. We're waiting for the day that he dethrones Nolan Arenado and hoping to be honest with you. And I'm going to inject this in here, hoping that it happens before Manny Machado does it because <laughs> Machado could, I feel like if there's a three, if there's like two guys, if you, if you discount Hayes, those are the two. Yeah. Like Machado has to be in the running. Well, he's not, <laughs> he is not, he is not. It is Ryan McMahon. From the Rockies, that is the third finalist along with Hayes and Arenado. And really, what is your inclination to say it's Arenado's award to lose? Right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because I had a... Wouldn't it be? Yeah. I had a friend of mine text me this week. Josh. He listens. So, sup, Josh? Um, and he texted and said... And it was, this was something that he'd heard, Right. I'm not saying that he's like, hey, Key Brian Hayes has no shot. But he said that uh, he read that Ryan McMahon will get second and Hayes third. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I was like, man, literally like two days before he said that, I was, we, we had finished or whatever. What day did they announce this? I forget. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday. It was 20th. And I read an article because Monday, we use OneNote for our notes for the for the show. And so I had I had typed in there and I left it there 
because I just wanted to see this. Monday, I typed in Gold Glove finalists announced on November 3rd, winners on November 8th. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then I said, utility players being added this year, which we'll talk about. Key Brian Hayes' chances. This was before he was even named as a finalist. I had been looking some stuff up and I was saying, okay, here it is because we've talked about this and I want to be out ahead of it for the episode this week. I thought, let's talk about Key Brian Hayes and his chances of the gold glove this year because this is, you know, when the postseason's going on and there's not, let's talk about it. And then like out of the blue, like a day or two later, they're like, here's the finalists. And I'm like, what happened to November 3rd? <laughs> We're not even ahead of this. I was kind of thinking like, let's get out ahead of something for a change. <laughs> and now we're not. But anyway, uh, when I was looking up the numbers, I thought, holy crap, he might actually have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think it surprised me when I looked at it because we all looked at it and said, oh, you made so many errors. I got 12 on all my papers. Jake, what do you got on Arenado's errors this year? I don't have it. Oh, it was an easy one. It was literally, I gave you a layup, dude. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was 12. It was the same. That's right. I do remember that. Manny Machado made less. 11. And of the qualified third baseman, uh, Manny Machado made the least this year. And of course, I don't have that page pulled up. But yeah. Yeah, of the qualified third baseman, which, by the way, there's only eight qualified third basemen this year. Yeah, because McMahon, McMahon made 17. 17 errors for Ryan McMahon. Now, some of his other numbers do look good, so, you know, mm-hmm. I give him that. Uh, but as far as the as far as far it goes, it's Manny Machado at the at the very bottom of the, of the error list. However, his fielding percentage is 966, and Key Bryan's is 972. Of the eight qualified third basemen, that's the highest, 972. Followed by Nolan Arenado at 968, and then Manny Machado. So if you were a gold glove voter, mm-hmm. more on this later, you would say Key Brian Hayes wins, Nolan Arenado gets second, Manny Machado gets third. Because we're looking at fielding percentage. Right. Oh, but you don't just look at fielding percentage? More on that <laughs> later. We have a fun one. <laughs> And yeah, anyway, okay, put outs, Key Brian Hayes. Oh, you know what? I got some new thing for, for the viewers. I was wondering. Yeah, thanks. For the mm-hmm. viewers on YouTube, there's some, there's some stats up there. Led all of MLB on defensive run saves. Led National League third baseman in put outs, 109. Assists, 307. Fielding percentage, 972. We just talked about that. And the Fangraphs defensive war has him at 16.8, which also leads the way. His ultimate zone rating is 6.3, which is actually the big thing because Nolan Arenado's is 13. Airs 12, double plays 36. Nolan Arenado has a few more double plays than he does. So if you're a double play geek, then you understand that Nolan Arenado has a little bit of edge there. I'm really starting to slur Arenado tonight. (laughs) Defensive run save, Nolan Arenado has 19. Okay, Ryan McMahon, if you want me to bring his up too, he has 11. Okay. I will bring them up just because he's also a finalist, even though one of these is not like the rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Right. You know this. Right. Um, but yeah, Arenado's UZR is 13 compared to the, the 6.3 of, of key. So that's also another thing. But defensive war, 15.3 versus key Brian's 16.8. By the way, McMahon's is a 9.9. And I'm telling you, Manny Machado is an 8.5. Um, Manny Machado's defensive run saves are minus three. So when you talk about, like I was talking about Machado and the no errors and things like that, like, no, his UCR is minus 0.8. Like Manny Machado made less errors, but he's really not on this list. That surprised me. I know he's better than that. I didn't look up his previous years, but apparently there's a reason why he's not on on the finalist this year. And Ryan McMahon actually did show up in some of these. Outs above average, 18 uh, for Key, 15 for Arenado, 10 for McMahon. Machado, 8, right? And then the rest of the people on this qualified list are in the negatives. But the point is, is like, yeah, Machado still shows up some places, but, you know, not others. Um, 
runs mm-hmm. above average. It's the same. It's it's key. It's Arenado. It's McMahon. Uh, there's a lot of things that point to Key Brian Hayes, and I'm sitting here saying like I didn't, I didn't think that that's what I would have seen. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, he started off rough, and it was it was rough for you know the whole first month. But five errors in May. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't it didn't look like it was going to be his year, but when it all you know everything ruffles out, dude showed up. He's hard on himself. And I'm I think sure we've when he become off like that. It's, you know, he was not happy about it. I think we've become hard on him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Harrison Bader's on another level. He just hit a home run. It's five, four Yankees. It'd be a three Oh series. If the rest of the Yankees played like Harrison Bader anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with a few things kind of leaning, uh, leaning towards Nolan Arenado in that. How do you feel like legitimately feel about his chances? I mean, I feel good. Like the only thing that really that Arenado is really better at is, is the UZR and, and the things a, that, yeah, the things that are thing. around that, not even a real thing. Here we go. Neither are defensive run saved. If you want to go there, I, I just don't like advanced metrics. I don't like them. You can, Oh, let's do this. This will change it a little bit and we can get, you know, this stat. I just eh. So without it though, because you know, like, okay, so this becomes no no no. This is good, but this becomes a conversation yeah. about advanced fielding statistics because they are weird and there's a lot of things that go into it. And, you know, we're trying to understand it more. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're, we're young enough. <laughs> to, to, to get into this. Uh, when it comes to the UZR stuff, and if you're, there's kind of the two different, there's the defensive run save, there's the UZR, there's which is which, which is better, how are they different, aren't they somewhat the same? We looked up some of this stuff, right? 60% chance, or 60% of the league made that catch. So if you make that catch, you're only better than 40%. So you get, mm-hmm. you get a rating of 0.4. Right. And that's, what was that? Was that the UZR stuff? Yeah. Defensive run saved is a little bit different where it talks about the plus minus and the, and yes, they're confusing, but defense is really confusing because if you look at fielding percentage and you're like, yeah, but this guy doesn't get to half the balls that I get to. So I might make an error on a ball that he would have never even got to. Right. And that's where Manny Machado kind of came into play a little bit this year on some of these things where it's like, I mean, he didn't fare too well on this season, right? On some of these plays. And you know what? I am going to break into that a little bit. Uh, You know, we don't, shoot, we don't have an order of things here, right? We're halfway through the (laughs) podcast today. We're already out of whack, but let's, let's bring that up. And, uh, you know, I started thinking and I was looking back through because something very similar to this happened back in 2005. We grew up watching Jay Bell for a you know large portion, but as we kind of got older and everything, we saw a lot of Jack Wilson and Pirates fans. We loved Jack Wilson. How many gold gloves did Jack Wilson win? Do well, I, was I don't have my zero. crickets. It's zero. You're exactly right. It's zero. He didn't win any. And so I started looking at the numbers, and I was like, dude, I remember him being really good. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought somewhere along the line, he might have had a shot. Jack Wilson came into the league. 2001, yeah, he played 108 games. He was in the league in 2001. I would say that, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty fair. With PNC. With PNC. So 2003, 4, 5, you know, this is when he was like a regular and we really thought like, yeah, this dude's a great shortstop. Mm -hmm. Um. It wasn't until 2005 that Omar Vizquel came into the National League. So it's not even like, it's not that. Because he was with Cleveland, clear to the... The point is, is that in 2005 and 2006, but 2005 specifically, we're talking about it, 38-year-old Omar Vizquel, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, won his 10th gold glove in 2005. 
Uh, we just talked about the numbers that we talked about. So I'm going to keep those relevant and talk about the 2005 season with shortstops. And th- trust me, guys, stay with me. <laughs> I have a reason for this. The fielding percentages of shortstops, qualifying shortstops in the National League in 2005, Omar Vizquel with a 988. Jack Wilson was third with a 982. Omar Vizquel made eight errors and Jack Wilson made 14. Jack Wilson also, if you want to start looking at other things other than fielding percentage, 120 double plays to Omar Vizquel's 75. 246 putouts to his 234. 522 assists to Omar Vizquel's 426. Those are all Jack Wilson favored numbers, right? but those are still standard statistics. Well, how about getting into the other ones? Defensive war, Fangrass defensive war. Now I just said, oh, first off, 120 double plays. That can't be right. <laughs> Keep Brian Hayes. Well, there, it's a different position. It's a different position. Yeah. Yeah. We can't look at those kind Especially of numbers. When you're talking about double plays. When you're talking about double plays, you're talking about those kind of numbers. That's a different position. It's, but these other things are not. Key Brian Hayes led all of baseball with 24 defensive runs saved. All positions, not just third base, right? All positions, I'm pretty sure. That is, I'm 100% sure. Yeah. Uh, 20, 20, 2022 defense, yes. Next was Brendan, Brendan Rogers, the second baseman for the Rockies. And then Aristides Aquino? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that about your game. Uh, Jack Wilson's defensive war, we just said Key Brian Hayes' was 16.8. His was 21.3. Omar Vizquel's was 13.5. UZR for Arenado, 13. Key Brian Hayes is what, 6.3, I think I said? Yeah, it's up on the Mm -hmm. screen there, Mm -hmm. 6.3. Jack Wilson, 14.3. Omar Vizquel, 6.9. Okay. How about that defensive run saved? Because Jack Wilson had 32 in 2005. (laughs) 32. And he didn't lead the league, by the way. I have that number somewhere. Not going to look for it. Oh, there it is. I found it. Uh, Jeff Francoeur (laughs) with 36. And and Andrew Jones and Jack Wilson with 32. I'm just going to click on those two real quick here and see if they won a gold glove in 2005. Uh Frank Gore got Rookie of the Year. No, he was third in Rookie of the Year. 2005. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew Jones won a gold glove Mm -hmm. in 2005. So, Jack Wilson's right there. Uh, Do you know how many defensive runs saved Omar Vizquel had in 2005? He had. One. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he was 31 less than Jack Wilson. Okay. This is like the definition of a snub. This is the definition of a snub. Now, why? And here's where we bring it all back. Why do you think... I looked up the Giants that year. They weren't that good. Pirates lost, what, 95-ish games? It's somewhere around there in 2005. So it doesn't have anything to do with team. But it does have a little bit something to do with something else, right? Yeah, just as, you know, he's, he's won it. A lot. That's his 10th. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to dethrone Arenado. So after looking at that, I know that's 2005. And I know that more people are paying attention to different things now. Uh, I think that, I mean, 2005 isn't that long ago. People knew about Jack Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, the media, like people have so much access to, like you can see Key Brian Hayes' stuff if you want to where back in 2005 maybe you weren't no 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 2005 is like not ancient you were able to look stuff up if you wanted to maybe not as easily maybe not as easily as today but like listen it wasn't that long ago that's when i graduated high school yeah i know right i was already sorry out dang it i was already out of college anyway anyway uh but some of that is still true how many, how many does Aaron Otto have already? I don't think I have his 
Facebook. Oh, Listen, uh, for all of you out there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight. And how many years has he been in the league? <laughs> how many years has he been in the league? Last third baseman. Who, oh, here's a good one. Who's the last third baseman in the National League to win a gold glove other than Arenado? Mm. Um, so 2012, National mm-hmm. League third base. Holy cow. Who was playing in 2012? I'm not going to guess it. Give me his initials. So. Let's play this game. Give me his initials. No, no, no. Just C-8. tell me. What? Tell you what. Who he played for? Yeah. Padres. What was his initials in? C-H. C-H? Mm-hmm. For the San Diego Padres. Played 159 games at a 976 fielding percentage. I don't know. I'm not going to think Chase about it. Chase Headley. Oh, Okay. Chase Headley, wow. I mean, I know you knew who he was. Yeah, but you weren't. But you gonna, yeah, you weren't going to think of that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, because Nolan Arenado came into the league in 2013. He's won a Gold Glove every single year he's played. Yeah. I mean, like he's never played in the major leagues without winning a Gold Glove. So, if the numbers are close, do writers just give it to him? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and now he's it's tough. Listen, it, it, and now it, he plays for St. Louis. Which I think weighs because that's a that's a you know beloved franchise. If he was still with Colorado, they'd be like, sure, give it to Pittsburgh. What's the difference? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like yeah. the fact that he plays for St. Louis, I think makes it a little bit harder because they want to promote the team that was in the postseason. If Maybe. if you think that they're that they're thinking that way. Right. The other the other part of me wants to say they they might man, I don't know. They might give it to Key Brian Hayes on the fact that dude was better in every other category. Let's get somebody else a gold glove for Let, once. Yeah. Hey, little change here. Yeah. Or give Arenado something to play, something to up his game. If it's, hey, dude, it's not that easy. Yeah. Step it up a little bit. I don't really, yeah, I don't know. I, I oh, always wonder what yeah. these voters are thinking because there isn't a, it's not like we well, led the league in home runs because he had more than the next guy. It's not that. This is like a, you get to vote, which I think defensively, I think gold glove, I think that's good because I think there's part of it to just to say like, you got more chances or I don't know. It's just not easy. They're going to look more at the defensive war because they love war and the defensive runs saved. I think those are going to be the two biggest categories these voters look at. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these guys just say are just single. Like UZR tells you the right. It depends on if you're like a believer in one and not the other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And baseball reference war, defensive war is entirely different. Like it's sixteen point eight on one, and his defensive war, defensive wins above replacement, uh, wins above replacement for position players on baseball reference is a three point Like it's just entirely different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how the difference between fan graphs and baseball reference goes, but it's a difference of what was Arenado's on baseball reference? Two point four versus three point oh. Mm-hmm. And uh one point two, I think, for McMahon. McMahon doesn't have a shot to win this award, is what I'm saying. Like it's not even close. He no. will not get a single first place vote. Not a single one. Uh I think this is gonna be close. Between Arenado and Key Brian Hayes, and I and I said something about, uh, you know, I was checking Twitter out when the Pirates made the announcement, and somebody said somebody put a thing up that said like, "Are you serious?" And I was something, you know, like I can't believe this or whatever it was, and so I was just I had just been looking all this stuff up, right? I was just look, we were gonna talk about this this week, so I was like, "You're gonna be really surprised when he wins it," you know what I mean? With that, I didn't want to just like put it out there, but I wanted to have a little fun with it. I said, you're going to be really surprised with the wizard. And all he sent was the <laughs> emoji with the laughing and the crying. And I just tweeted back. I was like, it's closer than you think. Mm-hmm. Like when he's, oh, he made a ton of errors. That's fine. Arenado made the same amount. And 12 isn't a ton. And Arenado did it in less tries. Like that's the thing. Key Brian Hayes had a better fielding percentage than him. Mm-hmm. So if you're just if you're old school and you say who had the best fielding percentage, well then it goes the key. I don't know, man. Yep. I don't. I think that there's. I think a, he's got a really good shot. He is a good shot, and some of the numbers really favor him. 
And I think at the same time, uh, just if Arenado gets it, it's the same thing that happened in 2005 with Omar Vizquel and Jack Wilson. It's literally just his track record makes me say it's him. Mm-hmm. I think if this was Ryan McMahon with the numbers that Key Bryan has, I think I go with the track record and say they're going to pick Arenado. But like the people that vote on this, they're not in a dungeon somewhere. They know Key Brian Hayes is coming and he's oh, great. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just don't think that they're surprised by it. And I think that's what might be what gives him the edge here. Uh, not what gives him the edge, but that takes Arenado's edge away. Yeah. I think they're just going to look at it and say, he's worthy. They're both worthy. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, we used up most of the time there. I think that's good. I think that's what we thought was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got um, we've got another thing that we're going to talk about. But before we do, why don't we go ahead and just take a short break and then hit it up? Good? Good. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge, the number two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. And we're back here, Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Spent a lot of time talking about Key Brian Hayes and the gold glove and whether he has a shot or not. And really, I'd like to hear from you guys. Let us know. Bridge number two, Bucktober. You just heard it. Get with us. Let us know if you think he has a shot. Well, I know, like I said, some people already told us that he doesn't. So <laughs> even though <laughs> they probably didn't look it up, but either way, wanted to take a look uh, a little bit here at some of the free agent class. This is the off season after all, and we have no idea if the pirates are going to play in this game or not. Right. We have right. no clue, but just to take a look at it, because I know that like we think about it a lot and it's saying we've already heard him say catcher first base and starting pitching is actually he just said pitching, but I think we understand starting pitching. Those are things that are in need. You and I have talked in the past about corner outfield, about getting a right-handed bat possibly, or at least a, like a, a better version of a Ben Gamble, like somebody who's played in the major leagues more than this year. And, that can just go out there and play, but like be better than Ben Gamble was. Yeah. Right. That could actually be there and say, this is our guy. And then yeah. trade him in July and then let young guys play more. A way to just, the thing is, is if you don't win more games with the young guys there, are they really getting better? So you have to put somebody on the field. Right. That's going to help you win games because while these players are taking their lumps just because they're young, we also mm-hmm. want them to be able to win some games. Yeah. This is what we and want. Learn, and learn from some veteran guys. Yeah. So we take a look at these. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, you know, we're talking catchers, corner outfield, yep. first base, pitchers. What, where do you want? Where do you want to start? Just start with the catchers. Start with the catchers. Uh, Roberto Perez is the most popular opinion here. There's been a lot of people saying, just bring him back and give him a shot to actually play with us. And I feel that, uh, where are you at on Roberto Perez? I just, I just think it's a waste of money. I don't know. He's not going to stay on the field. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a great catcher. I think he's, he would be a great option if he could stay healthy. So yeah. Sure. If you if you're doctors and, and, and you've you've been with him for a whole season now, as far as your doctors, your trainers, your your staff. So if you if they feel like, hey, he's in a good place or he's going to be in a good place, then I get it. Does it matter that none of his uh that like none of his injuries are they're not like they're not together. Like they're not they don't have anything to do with the last one. That to me, that makes it worse. Mm. Okay. Then he is straight up just injury prone. It's not like a... <laughs> it's not something that's lingering and you're saying like right. he's going to have problems with his elbow. He always has problems with his elbow. But right. I think that when it's different things, I get what you're saying. That's a that's a good point. I think sometimes I might say like, yeah, I mean, it sucks for him. But like when he's on the field, he's a productive player. 
I think the salary goes down from where it was last year. And I think that like no catchers catch more than a hundred games anymore. 110 games. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just not a thing. Right. I think if you can get somebody else to really be 50, 50 with him, then you can keep him healthy a little bit longer. I know that there's no such thing as 50, 50. There's five starters. Typically what you would do is you would say, you get these two, you get these three. And then they start based on who's pitching. Yeah. And then if one, if you're the guy who gets three and one of your guys go down, then maybe for a while the other guy gets that new guy until he comes. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of balance things out. Mm-hmm. But And it depends on who you get. Um, and you don't know where these guys are going to be. You know that Christian Vasquez is going to be available. He's a guy that I've talked about before. Um, I think you echo these thoughts. He's probably mm-hmm. the best one there. It reminds me of when Russell Martin was the best one available. Mm-hmm. We had proven that we can win more games in in 2012 before we signed Martin, right? Mm-hmm. We proved there were some wins there before we made that signing. We haven't proven that yet, so I just don't know if the timing is bad. Right. That, uh, but he but he has he has gone on record saying he's he's going to look for a place where he can play more. Yeah, he's going to play more in Pittsburgh. Well, he's certainly going to play more, but he was playing more in Boston. He was the starter in Boston. They traded him, and then he he just didn't get the opportunity on a you know possible World Series team. Last time I talked about Harrison Bader at home run, (laughs) Astros are already winning (laughs) again. (laughs) Like it's just ridiculous. It's like, oh, you took the lead. Hang on. It's like the Astros. (laughs) Every time you score more than them, they say, "Hold my beer." Yeah. And then right. they score more again. Like, oh, that was cute. You scored two. Here's two for us, too. Yeah. They're only good when they need to be, I guess. But either way, uh, Vasquez is just not playing much. And that's just because they already had a catcher. And now, sure, you know, I get that. Right. A couple other guys. I mean, Zunino's out there. We, you know, we've kind of talked about him in the past. He, he might be a little expensive, but it'd be a one year deal for him coming off a bad year. Gary Sanchez, same sort of thing. Um, Austin Hedges has shown that he wants to go back to Cleveland. There's some talk there, but he's also just available. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows if he actually doesn't. He's a guy who doesn't hit well, but is great with a pitching staff. And once again, the same thing I said about Roberto Perez coming from Cleveland, he's catching a very good pitching staff there. Right. And in the very short time that Roberto Perez was on the field, we were impressed with that aspect of his game. We thought he was good for the pitchers. Yeah. Maybe Austin Hedges is one of those same sort of things. Good for the pitchers. To be honest with you, when I watch these games and I think, man, this game is pitching. It's always been pitching, right? But Mm -hmm. right now it's like critical. I don't know, man. I think that defense has to be the way to go. If you can add a defensive catcher with some pop, right? then I think you have the makings of exactly what you need. Gary Sanchez, you got the pop, but you don't have the defense. Mm-hmm. Zanino, Perez, Christian Vasquez is a little more all around. I mean, the catching position offensively is just down. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell if they would even play in the Christian Vasquez realm this year. And if not, I mean, to be honest with you, as, as much as it, as much as you just argued against it, I'm still kind of like, just get Roberto Perez again. He's shown interest in coming back. He, we know he was good with the pitchers. The salary is down a little bit from the year before because the injuries. And you can just say like, let's give it another go. Eventually, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if you can play. I would, I would prefer Perez and Vasquez. If you can, I mean, if you're, if you're not, and I, I don't know, I, I just think if you can get him, if he wants to come back, and you can get him back for somewhat of a cheap price, three million. I don't hate the move. He was five million last year, right? Five or six million, three million. I just think it's. I just don't think he's going to be healthy. And that's fair, uh, you know. Maybe you put but some you, kind of incentive you're, in there. Maybe right, start him not, off at two million, and then tell him if he plays this many games, he gets three million. If he plays this many, he gets four. If he plays this many, he gets five. You could do that. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of structuring you can do there. Sure. Anyway, um, I mean, spent a lot of time on that. I, just, I still think that's an, that's important. But to be to me, 
the biggest thing is first base. Not pitching, but first base to me. And when I look at the list, I say, Trey Mancini's priced himself out of this thing. Carlos Santana's too old. Miguel Sano and Eric Hosmer, you don't even know if they're going to be free agents. Josh Bell's outpriced us. Jesus Aguilar's uh, not anything. Uh, Jose Abreu's old, but still pretty interesting. Brandon Drury's more of a third baseman. Like, dude, I just named everybody on this list, on this graphic I have on the YouTube, and I'm not in love with any of them. What the heck are you going to do at first base? Right. I don't know. <laughs> it's, this is it's, where uh, I, I turn to Twitter and say, who's got a trade? Yeah. Who's out there that has a trade that can tell me who is out there tradable? Because you ain't getting any of these guys. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> We're going right. Michael Chavis there again. <laughs> I I still I still think it'd be interesting if if Bellinger opts out or if or if the Dodgers. Oh yeah, you know, I remember you said that before. The club option. I just I don't know if he's like really saying I want to play center field. That that's the other interest. As yeah, I said, I no he'd be idea. our best center fielder and we'd put him at first base, but right. Um, you know, kind of because of time, uh, we, you know, we talked about these other ones, I, I corner outfield. Do you have a quick and dirty here? Does it have to be a right-handed hitter if you're going to spend money? I don't, I don't think it has to, but I prefer right-handed. Like I'm not going to take a chance on Joey Gallo because he's left-handed, but I might, still bring in like a Jock Peterson to play because you know he's going to play well. If you bring in Jock Peterson, it's more of a flip situation. Like, I'm mm -hmm. signing you until July. Yeah. Because I want to get some other players out of you and give you a chance to prove yourself again. And you can just mash and help me win games. And then in July, I'll trade you for two prospects and then you can go into the playoffs. You, I get what you're saying, but I think he's priced himself out. Yeah, but I mean, maybe. Why not? A pretty solid year. Yeah, but you that's what you want. You want a solid year on a one year deal. And this is how you spin it to Jock Peterson because you're like, dude, the, eventually this guy's going to want to get locked in somewhere. Except he went and signed with a team who won 137 million games last year and didn't make the postseason. And Jock Peterson's best moments live in the postseason. Right. So if he goes and signs with a team, who's not going to the postseason, <laughs> like you already know that. Right. Then in July, I can trade you to a team who's very likely to. And so like for me, it's like you mean I can go down in Pittsburgh, kind of be behind the scenes a little bit, help them win a few ball games, have some fun, right? Mm -hmm. And then in July, the landscape is already laid. And I can go to a team who's at least pushing, at least pushing. Mm -hmm. Guy goes down, Jock Peterson comes in, we get a couple pitchers from their AAA team, and <laughs> hopefully it's better than that, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. To me, that's the appeal. If Jock Peterson wants to be in the postseason, the best route to the postseason is sign with a team who's not going. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. Because then you let half the season... Just think about those guys that signed... I mean, he signed with San Francisco to go to the postseason. Correa went... I mean, Correa could have been in the postseason. But he did his thing with Minnesota because they were going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, I just think that there's a motivation there and you could just skip the guess and go straight to, this team's on their way. Yeah. Much like he did... With the with the Cubs moving to the to to Atlanta, I would I wouldn't mind a JD Martinez if you get him for the right price playing in right field. Okay, so for me, for me, it's Andrew McCutcheon again. I know we talked about last year. It's never going to happen. I'm mm -hmm. not going to fall in love with it, but I still think it's a great fit. We need a right hander. He can play right field. He can DH. Now that we have the DH, he's not too old for a three year contract, a two year with an option. Um. And just let him retire, and he can still DH. He's still going to play. He's still going to hit. If he's a fourth outfielder by the time this thing's over, you front load the contract. It's a win-win. You you put butts in seats. Come on, Bob. Mm -hmm. Come on, Bob. You know that's all you care about. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby. We need that. We need that clip, dude. Mm -hmm. I had a week. We talked about it last week. I didn't do it. 
And the last thing we talk about here is starting pitching, and then we'll get out, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, do you have anything here? I, I've been on record saying that we need to sign Jose Quintana. It needs to be a two-year deal. Pay him what he wants. Yeah, he's too uh, good I mean, for the team. I don't think that you're gonna get hurt. That I don't I know. know. He enjoyed his time in Pittsburgh, and you know he's showed that he wouldn't mind coming back as well as they wouldn't mind having him back. Right. I'm not going more than two, but I'm I'm getting him a two-year deal. He's going to get me there. He's going to get me there. If he's not as good as he was this year, which is likely he's not going to be that good, but if he's remotely close and he like he was good for our pitchers, mm-hmm. I just think it's a, it's a good fit. Uh, I think you go back to Q, you sign him for two. Um, yeah. Now, seems like Sherrington's motivated to do more than that. Andrew Heaney, maybe? Shaman I is probably a little bit too much. Uh, that Nick Martinez, uh, who's been in the bullpen here in the postseason. For the Padres. Maybe he's looking for that starting role again. Maybe that's a guy that you give a shot to. And of course, yeah. there's, you know, some other guys on that list. I, I've seen a lot of people say it's probably going to be Keiko and he's probably going to be terrible. And that, that's fair. I hope not. Uh, I get it. Mike Clevenger would be interesting. Uh, just, uh. you know. Injuries and then give him a, yeah. give him a, yeah, but it's a one year deal kind of a thing. You can't just you can't get hurt. We had Trevor Cahill do that. <laughs> it was really bad, and it was like give him a shot. It's it's, it's a million dollars now. Clev probably yeah. be a little bit more than that, but you know you're probably not playing in Chris Bassett money. You're probably not playing Tyler Anderson after what he just did. Um, right. I don't know. Be interesting if if JMO was a free agent next year, not this year. Maybe there'd be something there, but um. Certainly wouldn't be happy if I was Jamie. Probably priced himself out too. I d- he didn't really get a chance to really. Well, I guess he pitched in Game One of this series, huh? But he got beat. Yeah, but his regular season was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it was good. He was outshined by some of the other guys, but yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. If you're looking for a guy that make a difference, could he be that guy? Could he come back? He, you know, he just missed all the playoff games teams. Mm-hmm. He came up after we were out of the playoffs. Yeah. I tend to forget that. I thought he was part of it because what's all because he was part of the conversation. Right. And he missed it all. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's let's uh let's get towards wrapping this thing up. Uh, I know you had one more thing here. Yeah, the uh just keeping an eye on some of our top prospects here. Henry Davis. Uh Arizona Fall League, right? Yeah, Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez. They're they're out there playing in the in the Arizona Fall League. This is just position players. There's a couple more, but they haven't played yet. Uh, they're the only two guys that actually been on the field. Henry Davis has got 30 at bats. He's got nine hits. Listen, nine hits. Out of those nine hits, he's got five doubles and a home run. Guy's got power. Struck out nine times, walked six, but he's batting 300. He's 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 doing just fine. Against and in the Arizona Fall League, we talked about this beforehand. It's like the cream of the crop of the prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you um, only get, you only to, get send, to send seven, yeah, six or seven guys. Nick Gonzalez, he's got 37 at bats with 10 hits, two doubles, a triple, two homers, 10 RBIs. Uh, we'll throw in that Henry Davis also has two stolen, stolen bases mm. and has not been caught. Uh, Gonzalez in that department's one and one. So you're talking, uh, you're talking back to back, first rounders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, these guys. Do you consider these guys as critical? To absolutely, yeah. To our organization, yeah. Like if these guys don't pan out, does it kill us? Oh, um, I think if Henry Davis doesn't pan out, it kind of kills. us. I mean, you got Andy Rodriguez is just lighting the That's world on true. fire right now. Yeah. And catching position is, we just talked about it. Like it's not yeah, great if anyway. Have Andy, if you have Andy and Henry Davis as your one-two punch, yeah, I mean, and Andy can play other positions as well. Yeah, he's doing that a little bit. And I mean, either one of them can DH. You might be on that. You might be in into a world where you're carrying three catchers. Well, like you might even be in the world like the Dodgers did this year. Dodgers carried two catchers, but a lot of times they had Will Smith catching and uh, who's the other one? Oh, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Either, yeah. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. One of them would be catching. The other one would be DHing. 
And then if they had to pull the catch, if they had to actually make their DH the catcher, they would just go back to old school National League and just right. pinch it for the pitchers. Yeah, it was usually only one at bat anyway. Right. Yeah, so, you're I mean, changing your bullpen out every inning too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Where they're both in the lineup, and then, but that's that's typically when you have a defensive catcher, and then a hitting catcher. Like if Henry Davis's defense doesn't come around, he's the guy that DHs, and then you have your defense first catcher, and then later you pinch hit for him, mm-hmm. so that you can get a bat in there, and then that pinch hitter gets lifted for the pitcher, and Henry Davis goes behind the plate and stays in the lineup. Right. That's typically right. why that's handled there. Right now, it looks like both of them are hitting first catchers. <laughs> right. And so you're you're trying to add a Roberto Perez-type guy or, you know what I mean, one of these defensive first catchers to basically say, you're catching until I need to pinch hit for you. Yeah. But either way, I yeah, I mean, that's why I'm saying you go to three catchers so that you can get both those guys in the lineup and then you still have a backup catcher if one of them's playing first or DHing and somebody right. gets hurt, you can still I mean you could anyway because you could well you can't change positions if one of them's that's the other thing is you gotta be able to if the DH is gonna be here, he should be a position. I should be able to say like, oh, he's gonna go into first, my first baseman's gonna go to DH. Yep. It's ridiculous that you can't do that. Yep. <laughs> it's I, I believe I stated that a long time ago. Yeah, we've ago. had that conversation. Anyway, yeah. So anyway. yeah. So you, um, and then I mean, we've talked about how many second basemen are there right now, as far as when you think Nick Gonzalez and everything. You know what I mean? So I mean, like, these are guys that we're following very closely, um, because they have the ability to be big time impact players. Which another one that's at the Arizona Fall League is Quinn Priester, pitching wise, mm-hmm. could be. Uh, I mean, we're talking twenty twenty three debut for this guy. I think. Yeah, he's not not faring great right now, but I don't know. I don't have the game breakdowns. Yeah, it's he just pitched two innings the other day, and it was good. Gave up a hit, had two strikeouts. I know he started four games, fifteen innings, giving up fourteen hits. Yeah, he earned two home runs. Like it doesn't look great, but he could have got rocked in one game. But, right, yeah. right, right. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, all I know is like I just see some stuff on Twitter of him like striking out this other top prospect, and I was like, "This is a big," and I'm like, "Oh, he must be doing really good." And I looked at, it, I was like, 450. Like it's not, you know what I mean? But like it's 15 yeah. innings, you know what I mean? Yeah, Omar Perez is our other guy we have out there. He's throwing 8.2 innings to a 104 clip, okay. five games, giving up four hits, struck out seven, but he's walked eight. Mm. So he's always getting himself out of jams. Once again, very small samples. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll follow it up to, like, I think there's 30 games or so. Um, and maybe we'll check in to, like, I mean, I, I think Andy and and some of the other prospects are playing in uh, the Dominican Winter League. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like somebody was going to go play in Mexico this offseason, but I don't know. Wait, did, what, what's going on with the game here? They're just doing slow-mo stuff right now with a bunch of Astros smiling. Did they score more? Did they win? Nope, they're still playing. Rafael Montero's coming in. I just thought maybe if we finished this thing off, we knew. <laughs> um, But no, that's all we have. The World that's Series... we're set up. It's not, no. The World <laughs> Series starts on Friday. They'll play Friday and Saturday, and then we'll be back on the mics on Sunday for their day off. Um, I'm assuming it's Houston, and, and it, we already know it's Philly. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Houston because they have a 3-0 lead. So even if the Yankees come back and win this game, you know, it's probably Houston. If not, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week as far as the Yankees go. <laughs> <laughs> but who you got? If Let's assume oh. Houston, Philly. I just said Philly. Yeah? You like the – I mean, Houston hasn't lost yet. I know, I know, but I, man, if they wrap this up, you've got four days off for both teams. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt Philly more. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent red hot right now. And if mm-hmm. maybe this they just, true. but they're also going to have four days of feeling real good mm-hmm. cause they just, I mean, Hoskins Bryce and Bryce Harper stay. just hit homers. 
and Schwarber's starting to hit some bombs. I don't know, man. They're heating up. Mm-hmm. Real but Muto. Like you said, we got four days off. I know. But like, Tough. but that's four days of feeling pretty good. Yeah. And your your head's going to be, like, you're still going to be feeling good on Friday. I think when it comes to the World Series, like, you're still, I don't know, man. There was all it, those. It, it should be a fun series, too. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Here's the thing. You just said Houston has had a, I'm not going to say they've had an easy road. They haven't. They've just won every game, so it feels that way. But you yeah. just said they're a team full of clutch players, and right now that's what Philly looks like. Mm-hmm. So it could be a wild one. Yeah. Or it could. I, I just don't even want to pick. No? Just watch no, it. because it's a coin flip. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Houston's been dominant, man. You got to pick, though, because we have to be wrong about something. I'm going to pick Philly. I'll be rooting for Philly, I think. But I know you think that's, the Astros are going to win? <laughs> no, I, I don't. Because uh, you got to pick I'm, two. No, I know. I think it's Philly because I, I have just been less impressed. Now, Houston hasn't needed to be impressive. Mm-hmm. Just been a little bit less impressed with the American League teams in general. Just these two, really. Because that, some of the National League teams were less. They were. It's been very boring. And the New York Yankees games, they, they just they take way too long. Yeah. For whatever reason. But, yeah, no, I don't. Should be fun, but I, I it's Philly for me. I think the, I think this is baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it, it necessarily is always the, I just think the regular season and playoff baseball is different. And maybe as, as a, as a, as baseball fans, maybe we should value that regular season in a different way. Cause I know that there are, you know, I mean, well, Dodger fans have been vocal. Like this is dumb playing these five games. I'm like, dude, it's five games. Like that's the legitimate series. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you just said, if, if there was more emphasis, if there was more, uh, fanfare around being the best team in the regular season, then maybe you lessen some of that. Like, dude, you mm-hmm. still won a lot. Like you still right. won the whole regular season, the marathon of 162. You were number one. And that mm-hmm. counts. And that you get something for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than a bye where you have to wait five days to play your next game. <laughs> yeah. Which is still an advantage. It's just harder to stay game ready. But yeah, I get that. But dude, to be healthy, I don't know. All right. Uh, we're both picking Philly then. That's not fun, but we're both picking Philly and Houston's probably going to win in four games. So mm-hmm. just because we did that. Sorry, Ryan, not that he'll listen to this, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Until next week. Um, it's kind of weird to say in the off season, but I'll always say it. Let's go box. Let's go box. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!